Hey, hey. Welcome, friends. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Anya. And I'm Leanne. And this is High Desert Tarot. So glad to be with you. So happy to have you. Today we wanted to delve in to this themes of the strength card a little bit. When this card shows up, it brings themes of inner strength, vitality, courage, heart, confidence. You can do this. Overcoming adversity, soft power, passion, collaboration, the alchemical power of empathy and compassion, and emotional mastery. So no big deal. And here we are. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Hashtag Kelly Clarkson. This is coming at like the most opportunistic time because we're like at the end of this freaking Panda Express panini, you know, for those of you that are not on TikTok, I'm talking about the panoramic pandemic that we've been in. (laughs) So, you know, vaccinations are getting out there. And although some people have some hesitations, some people are not into it we're like seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, I feel, regardless of whether, you know, which which side of the fence you're sitting on. Fingers crossed, yes. And we've certainly, this has certainly tested our strength individually and collectively in tons of ways. Mm-hmm. Yep. And hopefully stronger. we're stronger for it. But yeah, the strength card, can show up when we're going through the thick of it as we have been and and can serve as an affirmation of our strength and a reminder to keep going. Encouragement and a card. Yeah. Love that journey for us. So, right? Yeah. So we're so excited in our exploration of strength today to welcome a special guest, wonderful friend of ours, to explore a really often untold story that relates to the themes of the strength card that comes out of the margins of the Christian tradition, the radical Christian tradition, if you will. And I was really excited to share this story, to learn it and to share it as as part of how we think about this card. just a a little bit of a content warning for our listeners. There's, it's not a violent story and it's not told in a violent way, but there is some attempted sexual violence going on. And I also wanted to take the opportunity to mention that we're recording this conversation in April, which is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And all these survivors out there are the epitome of strength. We see you. We believe you. We love you. Hope you get all the support and healing you deserve. A woman. A them. Hello, my friends. Hello, my friends. Hi. <laughs> We're super psyched because we have a special guest here, Lindsay Turner, a.k.a. Bad Pastor. 
the baddest ask non-binary astrologer ordained pastor spiritual guide and star pal of our dreams (laughs) (laughs) that is the sweetest introduction what did i miss you do so many wonderful things that was that was pretty all-encompassing well great um so excited for any of our friends listening here to meet you. We actually talked about you in our first episode in reference to the amazing tarot spreads that you create for oh. astrological transits. So we want to remind everyone about that and talk a little more about the different things you're doing. But we especially wanted to talk with you today about the strength card because when you and I were developing this yoga and tarot series and we talked about the strength card you told me the amazing story of Thecla which was new to me and I imagine it's probably new to a lot of people even people that grew up in in various Christian traditions and it seems like her story embodies a lot of the themes of the strength card Mm. yeah yeah it sure does (laughs) Would love, would you tell us, would you tell us about her? Yeah, I would love to. Um, So I first came across the story of Thecla. It's actually the the name of the text, or as it's known, is the Acts of Paul and Thecla. And it's what we call an extra canonical Christian text. So it is not included in the traditional canon or the Bible. So you won't like open a Bible and find the story of Thecla. Um... (laughs) Is this construction just crazy? Wild beasts in the background goes with our theme. <laughs> Don't worry, it's just a Lindsay's neighbor practicing didgeridoo. Didgeridoo. <laughs> um, so, so Thecla is an extra canonical story. Um, so, which means that it was a very widely known Christian story and has been dated to the time of uh, the four gospels. So around that time, um, this story was being told. So it's every bit as old. Um, But what's interesting is it features, uh, the main character is a young woman. um, And I also love to read Thecla as a non-binary or just like totally gender bending character. And I think that Um, if there had been kind of language for like trans language um, in the Greek that maybe uh, we we would see that Thecla indeed was trans kind of kind of like the Joan of Arc story right where we see these women ending their their gender roles and dressing as men so that they can do something that is outside the the prescribed parameters of of what was uh, socially appropriate for for women to be doing so fuck yeah uh, so this is a, a story that has been uncovered in, you know, like old clay jars that were that were buried and, and hidden when some of the um, these old like texts were being destroyed, um, these kind of culture wars. And so it's just a, a really, really fascinating piece. And like many extra canonical stories, Thecla um, is very mystical. And you get some really interesting uh, themes going on. Um, and 
And so I, I'll just tell you kind of the, the broad strokes of, of the story of Thecla. Um, so she's a young, young woman about 19 um, in a kind of middle, upper middle class family. She's betrothed to be married to someone that she doesn't know or doesn't like, or you know, some some sort of thing that she's very unhappy about. And, <laughs> and the Apostle Paul, um, who, you know, for those of us who grew up in Christian traditions know very well, um, some of us loathe him, some of us love him, maybe a mixture of both, comes um, to her town on one of his kind of um, evangelical tours, right, to, to tell people the gospel and the good news. And he she overhears him preaching through her window and falls in love with the gospel of Christ and decides that um, against her mother's wishes, against her society's wishes, she is going to follow Paul and go on this kind of Christ journey. Um, and so when she decides to do that, her, her mother uh, kind of, I mean, becomes very like violent and evil and turns her into the state and the state attempts to burn her at the stake. And this is where we see the first miracle um, where a giant hailstorm comes and kills everybody attending this um, uh, execution, except yeah. for Thakla. And so she's spared and the hailstorm also puts out the fire the, on the pyre. So she's able to get free from the pyre and Paul has been kicked out of town for, for preaching and, and being, you know, um, a rebellious, you know, uh, rabble rouser. Um, and so she tracks him down and he refuses her and he refuses her a few times during the story. Um, but I think that so she many- She just wants to like be his student at that point? Yeah, she wants, she wants to be a disciple of Paul. And I think no. that there's so many of us who are, you know, AFAB or FEM or, you know, women have this experience where we just really want someone to be our teacher and they refuse us. And the reason for his refusal is because she's too fair and he doesn't want anything to become of her. So I just wonder how many of us, you know, and the, fair? And the folks listening. Like her skin's too fair? Like her look? She's too lovely, Too pretty? Too feminine. Too she's innocent too looking? She's too innocent, too feminine, too uh, oh, wow. virginal, you know, all of these kinds of different, um, like, feminine ideals. Um, wow. He says, you know, you you should just stay out of trouble and, and leave me alone. And, um, and so, of course, she doesn't listen, and she continues <laughs> to follow him. And, um, and then we have a scene uh, where they're in a major city and one of the royal, the members of the royal family sees Thecla and also finds her to be very fair and attempts to embrace her on the street. And she perceives this as an assault, and, which it was. And as, as she should. Yes. And she knocks the crown off of his head and is basically like do you know who I am and there's a couple times in the story where where Thecla asks the asks the authorities like don't you know who I am and then she says I'm I'm Christ's 
And, you know, of course, like there's a very Christian take on that, but I, I kind I'm of Christ or I'm Christ. I'm, I'm Christ's. I belong to Jesus Christ. Like, okay. You can't. Apostrophe you, S. And, you know, of course there's a very Christian interpretation of that, but, but the way that I kind of interpret it on a, on a kind of mystical level or interfaith level is like, I belong to the divine and like, you don't get to abuse my earthly body because it doesn't, it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the divine and my, my body and my spirit belong to, to God. And I just love it. I think it's so powerful. Um, but of course she humiliates this member of the Royal family and he turns her in to the state. So again, we have this recurring theme of being turned into the state for rebelling against uh, kind of gender norms or, or, you know, norms of sexuality, what's appropriate and what's not. And um, so she's, she's sentenced to die in the arena by the wild beasts and um, humiliated, stripped naked, paraded through town um, as gladiators were, were treated. Um, and and gets into the arena um, and there's this incredible moment. There's a, there's a kind of side character that comes into this, a queen, Tryphena, and the queen uh, lost her daughter and kind of takes Thecla in. So there's this beautiful kind of reconciliation. Um, and, you know, I, I love to think of this as like chosen family, right? So this, there's this opportunity to be reparented or remothered by a different um, person besides, besides wow. her mother. Um, and the queen protects her from being sexually assaulted again before she goes to the arena. So that's kind of the most she can do for Thecla, but takes her in and makes sure that doesn't happen. And so Thecla goes into the arena and there, there's this um, swath of women in the crowd that um, kind of advocate for her release and they throw like perfume and flowers and all sorts of things into the into the arena and it's just this um really really special uh moment of you know women femmes afab people coming together and supporting one another and trying to disrupt these um these um you know state the state violence uh towards towards thecla um and people like thecla and um, they start to release the wild beasts and um, the first to come in is this lioness and the lioness um, was actually paraded with Thecla through the streets before uh, this arena scene. And the lioness charges her and stops just short of her and bows. And so I just like, it's so special because there's this like interspecies love too in this story, which yeah. is where I think we really start to get into some of the mystical um, stuff of, of, of Thecla. Um, and the lioness proceeds to defend Thecla against a male lion and a male bear who are yeah. permitted into the arena. And the the governor who's kind of overseeing these games is 
like, well, release more beasts, you know, like we got to kill her now. Like we really have to make sure this happens. And Thecla um, feels as though she's going to die. And um, you remember how I was saying that Paul was refusing her. Well, Paul also refused to baptize her into the faith. Mm -hmm. um, which I think is another experience, certainly as as someone who's a former pastor in the Christian church, no one refused to baptize me, but there was a refusal to ordain me. And mm -hmm. so I think there is this, this theme um, for, for AFAB people of not being, um, of being refused to have these rites of passage that other people are allowed to have. And so Thecla in, in this arena moment, when she's sure she's gonna die, there are wild beasts all around her charging her, decides that she's going to baptize herself. And she approaches what the, what the Greek text kind of tr loosely translates as a, a pit of man-eating sea lions, which was actually like a mythical creature. Um, it, like in the Greek, like there's, there's kind of this like fictitious animal and she goes into the pit and there is another miracle where this cloud surrounds her to protect um, her, you know, sense of, of privacy and because she's, she's been stripped naked. And so like to protect her um, from everyone's gaze and she, um, oh, and these lightning bolts come and strike the man-eating sea lions dead and they float to the top of the water and she baptizes herself. And many people think that this is the reason that this story was not included in the Bible because um, it's, you know, this kind of, there's this theology of baptism where someone else has to do it for you. Uh, but this story has this self-empowerment and this strength, right, where she says, I choose to belong to something that I want to belong to. I will give myself the rite of passage into it because no one else will do it for me. And so I'm not going to just walk away and, and miss out on that, but I'm going to do it for myself, e even though I'm probably about to die. Thecla waits for no man. Thecla waits for no man. <laughs> and at this moment, again, this is when the governor is witnessing this and says, like, who, who are you? And, and her response is really, again, it's not, it's not who am I, but whose am I? And she responds by saying she belongs to Christ. And I just, I love this because I think that this gets to this basic divinity that we all have. And whenever anyone asks us, like, who are you? Like, who do you think you are, you know, to do X, Y, Z thing or to dress in X, Y, Z way or behave in such and such way. And it's like, it doesn't matter who I am. All that matters is whose I am. And I belong to this divinely created universe and this like mystical, magical experience that's that's where I sit. And because of that, I don't have to answer any of your questions about my identity. And so yeah. it's so, so powerful. And the best part about this Thecla story is that she isn't martyred. She doesn't die. And so they release her because yeah. they're so terrified of her power and her strength. 
and she dons men's clothing and cuts her hair short. So this is the real like kind of trans reading of this. And she goes out into the mountains, like out into the hills where only women live and she ministers to them and she's like there, you know. So it's just really wild. Like she just leaves civilization and she goes to be in like a fab community, which is so cool. Um, and then there's like this weird add-on at the end of the story where she, um, she, they, they like in town, they catch word that she is like out in the hills doing this thing and they send soldiers and again, sexual assault to rape her. And she goes into a rock, like a rock receives her and protects her, um, from, from these like you know, from this gang rape basically of soldiers. And so they leave. So she's, it's just this incredible story because she's, she's so protected and, um, and she lives to be like in her nineties or something. And that's, and that's it. That's the story of Thecla, but it's so cool. And I really wish that it had made it into the Bible because can you imagine like how different Christianity yeah. could be if we if we knew about her and had you know had her to like inspire people and to to show us different ways of being people of faith I think is so cool. Wow, and Lindsay, uh, wish I would have gone to your church that you're preaching at. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. I know. Thank you for sharing that. It's so inspiring. It's so true. I think like growing up in the church you don't hear stories like that. And you don't hear stories that necessarily um, empower, you know, women or even empower of like, you know, that that gender neutralness of just like, you're a woman, but you know, you absolutely have a right to, you know, be in your body and, you know, be included in things that men, you know, also get to be a part of you know there's that like fragility around it and it's kind of just that imposed like you know you're you're too fair to be a part of this like no excuse me sir you know and I just I that's thank you for sharing that I had never heard that and I that really like being as being somebody who was like a part of the church and now is no longer the church that you, like hearing you share that story made me be like now I want to go to Lindsay's church you know Thank you. Thank it's you. So healing. Every time you preach, it's so healing. And I also think, like, it's interesting because here you are preaching this from outside the church now. And that's also in Thecla's story, right? Like, teaching from the margins and teaching mm -hmm. to people who are ready to fucking listen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the state and the church were not those people in her time and in ours, sadly. That's a different point, not to get on the soapbox. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. And it, it is thought that these, that the kind of, the women that she went to join were actually like devotees of like Isis or, or like a, you know, pagan god, you know, like a goddess, <laughs> like they were goddess worshipers and you know, and so she's really like, she steps outside of, of all of these boxes. Wow. 
That makes so much sense. And I, we wanted to talk about the strength card, but it also reminds me of the temperance card and that, um, you know, gender nonconforming angel that we see that some say is like the alchemizing angel in the myth of Isis mm. and like brings that gender queer magic to the tarot. Mm. I don't know if you have thoughts about that, but <laughs> I, I, um, so many, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful. I love any opportunity to talk about, you know, breaking the binary and where that shows up in our different sources. Yeah. And there's, there's so much in her story that, that I want to follow up on, but, um, you know, in the classical image of the tarot, of course, the, like in the Rider Waite Coleman Smith version, we see that image of a woman like petting a lion or like embracing it almost a lion like almost like a house cat. What was that? Embracing the lion almost. Yeah. Yeah. And um I know we're all fans of Michelle T, so I thought I would just read a tiny bit from her yeah. description. Look at the person on this card draped in flowers and handling a wild lion as if it were just another kitty. I don't know about you, but for me, being told that I'm too emotional or sensitive smacks of patriarchy and betrays an unwillingness to bear witness to legitimate gripes because of discomfort and denial. And yet in this image of a, yes, female subduing a wild beast, happy to submit, we have a glyph for bringing our often raging feelings and passions under control in a validating and loving way. And for that express, and for the express purpose of enabling ourselves to get what we want in the world. The lion represents our inner wild thing, the sensitive beast of our heart. And I don't know, I'm curious if that's what you make of the lion and what you make of that moment in Thecla's story when the lion bows to her. Mm. So I've thought about this quite a bit. I did my thesis, master's thesis on Thecla and um, I kind of was reimagining the Trinity with Thecla instead of Christ and the queen Tryphena who protects Thecla instead of God or like the creator, right? And then the lioness as the Holy Spirit. So this kind of oh, wow. feminine Trinity and, um, and yeah, this, this like connection, like there's a connection uh, between the lioness and Thecla and the Holy Spirit is kind of theologically what we say, like connects us to God, right? Like it's the, it's the, the cord. And so this, this representation of Thecla's connection to yes, her wild self, her strength um, and her, her own divinity um, is, is really how I see the, the, the lioness, um, and, and this kind of, um, wisdom that goes along with all of that as well. Whoa, cool. I'm so glad I asked you about that. Um, <laughs> so do you have, t um, time and energy for a few more questions? Yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I was sort of going to maybe switch the subject, but I feel like there's more to unpack in the story that maybe we'll come back to. <laughs> mm. um, 
I wanted to ask if you remembered a time that the strength card showed up for you in a reading or just in general, maybe, or more broadly, what working with the tarot, because I know you do also, um, has taught you about yourself and your strength. Hmm. Wow. Just take that in any direction you want. <laughs> I'm struggling to remember a specific time I've drawn the strength card, although I know that when I do, I often think about um, Leo, the, the zodiac sign Leo, and my Leo yeah. placement, and the way, ways that those show up for me in my life. And I know, Anya, you have a, we have, both have a Leo moon. Do you as well, Leanne? Do you know? No. You know what? I'm, I hate to say it, I'm, I'm cancer all the way. You have a cancer moon? Don't yeah. hate to say it. I'm, I'm a cancer sun. I'm a double. I'm a double. Well, just I hate to say it because I wish that I could match with you guys, but um, I'm a double Libra and cancer man. Oh, so that's why you're so lovely. Oh my gosh, thanks. That's so <laughs> sweet. Oh my God, making me blush over here. <laughs> Um, but I, you know, so Leo, I'll pre watch me like you asking me a question about Tara. I talk about astrology because that's no, that's I, perfect. Yeah. My strength lies more in astrology, but uh, uh -huh. the sign of Leo is about expression of emotions. So Cancer is is very emotional. It's about feelings, right? Like the things that are in the body and and the feelings and and. Leo is about the expression or, or the emotions. And so that movement of the internal feelings to like the external world. And there's vulnerability in that, right? And so we get to like strength and vulnerability and the strength in, in expressing things and like drawing things out of yourself and, and, and putting them before the, the world. Um, so whenever I draw the strength card, I think about Leo and I think about that that movement from internal to external um and oh. and my own practice of tarot you know is really gosh it's become kind of a nervous system practice when i mm. feel really unsure about something really anxious or like i just need an answer or i need some meaning because things feel confusing um practicing the tarot and drawing cards allows me to experience my own strength and power and agency and ability to derive meaning from this very confusing and sometimes um, painful life. Wow. And, and that makes me feel strong. And like, it gets like, you know, that feeling when I, I think a lot of people experience this with tarot, like it's a kind of a nervous system regulation and getting back into the body and feeling strong, right? Like feeling that, that connection. Love that. Love that journey for you. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, I'm feeling inclined to read another short quote, if you don't mind, if you'll humor me. This is from another podcast, The Strange Magic Podcast about tarot. I'm looking forward to our society just becoming like a fractal of podcasts, quoting podcasts. Um, <laughs> well, this on our is way. from Sarah Faith. Well, on our way. Uh, 
I also can't tell if I have a personality anymore one year into the pandemic or if it's just like Schitt's Creek and, and podcast <laughs> quote, whatever. Um, so Sarah Faith, God has seen her talking about the strength card. She says, we can get through this, even if we don't feel super capable or strong or ready. In fact, we are. This card shows up as a reminder to tell us it's time to... It's really time to get past whatever snags or hangups that we have and really touch base with our heart and what matters to us. Soft power is not, is about not abandoning the self. Soft mm. power is about finding healing through showing the greater world more of yourself and your vulnerability. It's about knowing that when our actions, words, and behavior are in alignment with our most innocent, true nature, we are victorious. There's soft power as opening portals of healing to other people and not power over. I was just reminded of that and hearing you talk about that Leo action. Mm. I'm hearing in, in all of these bits and pieces of this conversation, these themes of connection, connection to self and connection to source is like a kind of working definition of strength and, and a, a self-knowledge and that again, like with Thecla, you know, not who you are, but whose you are is, yeah. is like, could be a great working definition of strength. Wow. It's such a helpful reframe of strength too, right? Mm -hmm. When we hear the word, we don't even necessarily think of the image that we get on the cards, but um I feel like when I pull the card, it's often like when I'm going through it, like I'm in the thick of it, I'm being challenged. And I feel this way after the year we've all had, like, I don't care if this is going to make me stronger. <laughs> like the, like the, it, if it doesn't kill you, you know, after them, like, thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, I take Which that back. Kelly has gotten, pulled me through so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say Kelly Clarkson is basically Anya's strength card, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I didn't realize it until now, but thanks for reminding me. <laughs> wow, that's perfect. Um the playlist will be linked to the side. Popping <laughs> <laughs> some Kelly Clarkson tonight. Yeah. It's funny no, too, because earlier the song, that song Roar by Katy Perry, like came into my head for the first time in years. So very funny that like, that's kind of in the ether too today. Oh yeah. That's funny. Cause I was going to ask you actually, if there was anything that has like popped into your mind during this conversation that doesn't seem related. Oh, I don't think so. I felt very You're just so focused. Yeah. Focused. Okay. <laughs> that song is a good one though. I will but... say fun fact about my personal experience with Thecla was that I yes. dreamed about that and it was like a first person dream. Like I was in Thecla's place months before I had ever heard of the story. And it was mm. when I was going through a very difficult time very difficult time 
and I had a dream and I was living in New York going to seminary at the time that I was in Central Park and I was surrounded by lions and a lioness defended me from them. No, pretty cool. What? And then I was on an airplane a couple months later reading this book by one of my professors that I had drunk purchased on Amazon one night because I could definitely could not afford it. But I was like, <laughs> did one of those moves and mm -hmm. got it got it in the mail and started reading it on this plane. And I was reading the Thecla story and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, so I feel very connected to her. So that's like maybe wow. what kind of was like in my head that I hadn't shared, but. Thanks for sharing that. And I love that your unconscious self under the influence, like brought that book into your sphere. And I'm so excited for the book that you're going to write in the future about her too. It's, we, it's we ruminating for sure. Yeah. I, I feel like there's elements. I, I hear resonances in her story of like Francis and Claire, who were like always my little role models for like F the patriarchy, F the establishment. Um, and also Mahapajapati, who was the Buddha's like aunt, who was begging to be a disciple and kept getting turned away and turned away. Um, but eventually like became the leader of the female Sangha in the Buddhist, wow. early Buddhist community. Say her name again. I, I think I'm saying it right. Mahapajapati. Mahapajapati. Yeah. Wonderful. Another name. badass. And she also shaved her head, but all Buddhists do. <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking of Francis and Claire too with their haircuts. Well, and that's like, that's kind of a universal archetype of finding one's strength or losing one's strength, right? Like the shaving of one's head or like losing your ego. And then you have oh. to identify with something else and wow. strengthen that. Britney right? Spears, 2007. <laughs> what that's was 2007? Right. I said Britney Spears. Oh, Britney Spears. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, was that 2007 real. or 2013? Maybe 2003, but also hashtag free Britney. Yeah, let's, yeah, it. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're totally right. Well, it, they, when, so I shaved my head, I had my head shaved by some Buddhist nuns that were my teachers when I like entered the stream of that lineage. And what they told me was that there's 12 types of attachment associated with hair. Attachment to brushing it, attachment to looking at it, and like the list goes on. So you're just like freeing yourself from a whole bunch of karma when you when you chop it. Mm -hmm. so. That sounds really liberating. I've been daydreaming of shaving my head lately. Ooh, it's I've I know a great hairstylist great. on this very call. <laughs> you could have an episode just about shaving your head. I mean, that doesn't have so much to do with tarot, but you could do. Right yeah. in with your head shaving stories and how it's connected to strength. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that, actually. Yeah. Well, one more question for you, Lynn, if that's cool. Yeah. Uh, official. Um, so, as you may or may not know, the deck that we're creating in the name of this podcast is the High Desert Tarot. And no. Leanne's beautiful artwork is like exploring the wildlife of the High Desert. 
knowing that you're also here living with us, we're all transplants to the high desert. I was curious to ask you what what you've learned or or what insight has come to you from the landscape of living here? Mm, I love that question. Um, I, I think when I first visited the Southwest, I noticed just this starkness of life and death, that it was like, there's no kind of in between here. Like things are dead or they're vibrant. <laughs> mm. And mm-hmm. It's been helpful for me to be inspired by that, to clean out the half living things in my life. Wow. And, and to just totally let go of what, what is dead in my life and to become, to model myself after the landscape and become vibrant in every aspect of my being or to attempt that, you know, to, to be on that journey of, of vibrancy. Um, I think that's, that's probably the biggest spiritual lesson that I've learned from living in the high desert. Well, it takes a lot of strength in and of itself. Mm. Thank you, Leanne. Mm -hmm. And you're doing it. Love that journey for you. I think we're all doing it. I I have an inkling. Little cactus blossoms. That's a great question. I love those types of questions. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, it's interesting too, knowing, um, I don't know what type of climate Fekla was in up in her mountain refuge exactly, but knowing a lot of early Christians went to the desert for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, somewhere somewhere in like Greece or Turkey, that, that realm of the world. Which I'm sorry, this is, this, this is kind of off a little bit, but I mean, since we're talking Christianity and I feel like I'm in a safe space, I saw this really amazing meme the other day that was like, um, it flashed to what was her name? Zamora, I think in Prince of Egypt. Mm-hmm. ended up being Moses's wife that he like mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and it was like uh which uh how did you or it was like tell me you're bi you learned you're bisexual at 12 without telling me you're you learned you're bisexual at 12 and it like flashed to a picture <laughs> it's like yes I was like I was so into her when I was 12. hot there is there's a hilarious she she's a hilarious character in the bible too because at some point she their son is what is it um oh my god why am i totally blanking on and it's so gross it's the way (laughs) when a circumcision there's (laughs) sorry there's about circumcision let's get real but uh, their son is circumcised and she she like throws the foreskin at Moses yeah he's a wild card remember that oh my god yeah it's a really weird it's one of those weird details like the naked man running out of Jesus's tent like right before he's arrested it's like one line and it's like who was that naked man in Jesus's tent (laughs) so many questions (laughs) 
that's the fun bible study stuff like that no one does we should we should start that like yeah i'm here for that yeah let's revamp veggie tales (laughs) right make it raunchy (laughs) yeah exactly have some random broccoli run out of (laughs) jesus's tent (laughs) with like a little like black bar over the loin This is gold, pure gold. Yeah. <laughs> well, took a turn. yeah, that took a, a wide <laughs> took, left turn. <laughs> took so many turns. I mean, I did full responsibility of that. That was all on me. Sorry. Loved it. Well, we, I know we could talk forever and I'm in no rush, but I did want to say officially that to anyone listening, you can follow Lindsay at Bad Pastor on Patreon, right? Yeah, I'm so my my Patreon is Bad Pastor, my Instagram is bad dot pastor. Um but yeah, would love to to have you join me on my wacky adventure. <laughs> and that's where you Somehow give us knitting, the- like non-binary identity and astrology and um you know expansive Christianity <laughs> together. I mean, doing it so beautifully and like holistically. Yeah. And that's also where people can find your very unique, helpful tarot spreads. Yeah, those are on my Patreon. Content. Great joy in making making those um, tarot spreads. And they're, they're almost always connected to what's going on astrologically. So they're kind of like um, of the moment, you know, so love that anything else you want people to know about what you're up to these days you know I so appreciate the the opportunity to to share I think yeah just um you can you can also book readings with me I'm doing introductory astrology readings now um and also like full natal chart and full transit chart readings, um, which I devote like a whole day to. So you get a ton out of that. And I've had people who have changed careers, like, you know, made some shifts in relationships, um, made some really, really big moves after these readings. And, um, and I just, I love, I love my clients and I love working with people and, um, and there are opportunities on my Patreon to have kind of an ongoing monthly reading relationship with me, which I, I love working with people in that way too, because we build a real relationship and I know what's going on in your life and can advise and hold space for yeah. what's coming up. Um, so that, and then also tarot readings. And I also do spiritual direction. Um, I am an ordained yeah. pastor and trained in pastoral care. And um, so if you just want to talk, I, we can do that too. Love it. Thank you. Let's pull a card. Let's pull a card. Should we see what the cards have to say today, my friend? Um, yes, 110%. Every, every time, yes. There's a little bit of meowing going on in the background. Just Love like that. <laughs> love a tame cat to go with our lion scene yeah not too tame still wild but you know what i mean 
Ooh, I pulled the Wheel of Fortune. Ooh, nice. This happens to be the card of the year that I worked with last year. So I just completed a, a year-long journey with this card. And I can tell you for damn sure it has a lot of ups and downs. If this card comes up for you, it could be about twists of fate, breakthroughs, luck, maybe embracing change. And, you know, it makes me think about the, the wheel of the year and the wheel of samsara, all the wheels we cycle through in the seasons of life and like the microcosmic and the macrocosmic level. Um, and kind of how we can find that center point instead of riding the rim and like, um, instead of getting car sick, I suppose, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. What's this card all about for you? Why do you think it's uh, showing up now for us? I don't know. You know, I kind of feel like this is the card, like the tarot card equivalent to Moldavite. Am I oh, wrong? Oh, damn. That? Oh, damn. Okay. You know what I mean? Because I see that. it's like, I, see I that. mean, for those of you that are already on TikTok and are well aware of the magical properties of Moldavite, um, Moldavite is like, I guess the stone prescription I have. Can I recommend a stone? Please. <laughs> okay the stone prescription that i have for this card is moldavite because it mirrors its energy so beautifully i think when you look at moldavite moldavite you know came to earth you know it's um it's otherworldly and it's something its energy can be really hard to decipher and to understand in the moment because you get moldavite and it just incites change it's like if you're not already on your life path, if you're not already working towards your destiny, if you're not already trusting the mystery, if you're not already just living your best fucking life, Moldavite is going to change things up. It's going to destroy the path that you're on because it's not the path for you and it's going to set you on the right path. So in the beginning, it can be very destructive. If you're not with your soulmate, a little bit of boom, tower energy in there. They're gone. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But then once you get through that tower energy in the beginning, it mm -hmm. puts you in this space of trusting the mystery of being on your life path of working towards being the best that you can be and reaching your full potential. And that's kind of what this card is all about. It's like, I don't really understand what's happening, but it's all, it's all within the inner weavings of the universe. And it's all meant to be for me so that I can reach my full potential. And I feel like for a lot of us, it can be really hard, especially, I mean, when I think about like, before I had my Moldavite, I was like, well, I have this goal and I have what I want my life to be. And little did I know that's not what was in the cards for me you know, and so this has a little bit to do with trusting the mystery and accepting your destiny and 
knowing that the universe, what's that book? The universe has your back. The universe has your back. Gabrielle Bernstein. Nice. I have not read that book, but I do agree a hundo P and it makes me think you're making the connection for me in terms of like this card in conjunction with our focus on this. It's like this perspective can help you find your inner strengths to ride those waves, right? To find that center point um, to trust in the unfolding of, you know, the waves of birth and death, the, the curveballs, the, all the things that come in um, to your life path, maybe like the things falling away in the spirit of Tower and Moldavite. Um, and that you can trust in your own strength and that it's, that it's serving to strengthen and it's serving a purpose to align you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this relates, but I took my first surfing lesson the other day. Well, that huge bucket list dream. You've been supporting me to do that solo woman traveler dream. Well, that journey for you really helps. Um, and each wave that comes, like, I was so thrilled and I wasn't expecting to be scared. I wasn't scared to get in the water, but then each wave when you're actually like in the movement and the momentum of it, just the fight or flight kicks in and it's so scary. <laughs> and my internal state was like, <laughs> and, and I was taking a lesson. So the instructor was like, get up, get up. And like, I was trying so hard to just like get from my belly to my feet. And that's the journey, just like belly to feet. Um, way harder than it sounds. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure people know much better than I, but yeah, like this image um, of the Wheel of Fortune that I'm looking at, she's like standing and riding in the middle of this wheel. Like she's steering, she's in control, she's balancing. And just that ability to like, stand up, step into your power um, is a powerful position for, for, for riding those waves that life brings so much change. And yeah, take strength. Sure does. In our, um, in the high desert tarot deck that we are, we have undertaken to create Leanne created a beautiful image of a bison on the strength card. Yeah. Would you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to draw that? I'd be more than happy to. Yeah, so on the card, and if I can be so bold as to drop our Etsy shop here, highdeserttarot.etsy.com, where you can find a print. Um, On the card of the strengths, I've got a bison just standing alone on like, you know, like in the, in the on like a plane, you know, with some wildflowers. And I got really inspired to, you know, to 
name the bison as our animal of this, you know, because in traditional tarot and like in a lot of different tarot decks, the lion is really what's depicted as the strength card. Um, so one just, you know, kind of wanted to be different, of course, but also I went, I did a cross country road, like solo road trip to Montana, probably like, oh, maybe like five years ago now. That sounds about mm-hmm. right. Um, and along I the way, that. yeah, it was like such a healing journey for me. If I can like advise anybody or impart any wisdom, go on a solo road trip. It's yeah, like it's, an artist date. Yeah. And, and it's, well, it's like, well. It's especially, I feel like it kind of, at that time I was going through some like really um, like inner turmoil. Like I was just stuck in this routine and this rut. I was like dating and like everybody that came my way was just like, you know, just like not having it. And I was just like, I'm just going to go to fucking Montana because I've always wanted to go because my family went without me that one year. Thanks a lot, dad. Just kidding. I love you. But um, so I was like, I'm going to go to Montana by myself. And I got some pepper spray, got some bear spray and a few blankets and some cashews. And I got in my car and I just like went and it was so healing. And I felt like that was in and of itself, something, you know, kind of like embodying that strength card, right? Of like, I'm strong enough you know, everyone that I had told, like, I want to go on this trip. They were like, well, don't go by yourself. Don't be a woman by yourself traveling cross country, you know? And I'm like, mm. well, if that's supposed to warn me against going across the country by myself, you must not know me very well, because that sounds more like a challenge than a warning, you know? So I did challenge it. Challenge accepted. Checked that off my bucket list. So I did it, got in my car and took like two weeks on the road. And I spent a lot of time in Yellowstone and Yellowstone is gorgeous, you know, and it like stretches, you know, it like butts up to like three states. So I just kind of, I went all over Yellowstone on my way to Montana and then on the way back and there was just like bison everywhere. And I had never seen, is wow. that true? I don't think I'd ever seen a bison up until that point. Um, it's wow. certainly not that close. And they were just like, everywhere you know when you see those videos of bison like which is sad because they used to be here much more right like there yeah and there's there's some I think there's some like bison in Albuquerque and stuff and there's definitely bison down in like southern New Mexico like in TRC and stuff Mm -hmm. um but I had never seen one that close and they truly are just like walking all over the place and they're just so majestic and so you can just like see their strength and how grounded they are and how just, you know, they're just like slow going, cruising along, you know, and just, I'm mm-hmm. I think of that like mastery of emotions, just of that, like, you know, I'm just going to be even keel, you know, and just kind of like do my thing. You know, it's like, granted, I never saw like a bison charge anybody or anything like that. And I feel like, you know, all animals have that, like, you know, as beings, we have that ability to be pushed over the edge and then we just go full force charging. But just looking at them, they were just like so majestic. And 
just so strong and just so powerful and just like looking at them got chills. And actually, I don't know if this even ties in, but I'm going to tell it. So I was at this campsite. It was my, my last night in Yellowstone before I headed up to Montana. And I was sitting at my campsite and I was doing some writing, like trying to figure out my heart and my mind and like my mental emotion, like my mental emotions, you know, that like monkey mind. And um, I look up and like maybe 20 feet from me, uh, like a mama bison is like walking through my campsite with her little calf and just like so close. I could like see like the like hairs, like so, like it was just like so close. And I was like, this is a sign. I'm supposed to be like, I'm ready to like be a mom and I'm like ready to like have like children. And I had like made up my mind right there. I was just like, and I, it was like a switch. Cause I was just like, so like, you know, I'm not going to be a parent. I'm not going to be tied down. I'm going to be Miss Audrey Hepburn and fucking breakfast at Tiffany's. You know, you can't fucking cage me. And then it was just a switch. It was like mother nature just being like, you were strong enough to go on this journey. You were strong enough to be loved by someone. You were strong enough to wow. hold on to that piece of yourself and to like start this new journey that you're ultimately in denial about your fear about it. And I did. I came home. Yeah, you did it. I and watched it. You were there. <laughs> before I very eyes. Yeah, I came home and I had already dated my now husband and I was like, hey what you doing you know you in or you out yeah I'm in and he was like I'm in too and then three months later there's so many things I love about that story not the least of which is your first child Jackson great yes. human yes don't know if he Thank wanted you. to be named in this podcast but <laughs> it happens sooner or later um yeah um but something I think that's unique about that is the way that you weren't if I'm remembering if memory serves Mm -hmm. you weren't partnered when you made that decision you decided on your own yeah that you were going to be a parent and that you were ready and then you just manifested who was going to do it with you and how it was going to go down and I think that's such an empowering like freeing mentality for, for anyone that's like longing for that to know that they can like make the choice for themselves it doesn't have to be dependent on anyone else so you don't have to like wait till everything's like already in place like just claim it and call yeah. it in 110 percent. thank you for remembering that because I now I'm even like recalling I'm I called my dad when I got home and I was like dad I'm gonna have a baby and he was like right now and I was like no not right now but like I'm going to make this happen for myself with or without a man yeah. I'm a woman and I can fucking do anything and I'm going to have to carry it. So yeah, you know, I'm going to do it. Thanks for remembering that. That's like, so true. Absolutely. And well, so I know we've both been inspired in our learning process about um, animal symbolism and medicine and magic uh, from the book uh, by the book uh, animal speak by Ted Andrews. Mm-hmm. And there's a part in the bison section about that relates to this manifestation strength and power, right? Yeah, it's super great. I'm going to go ahead and read it if you're so willing. 
Um, so it says if, so first of all, bison, like, you know, is tied to manifesting abundance, but also just like manifesting in general. And in this last bit here, um, Ted Andrew says, if bison has showed up in your life, look for opportunities for abundance and increase. Also ask yourself some important questions. Are you honoring that which you seek? Are you remembering that the divine is essential to all things in the physical? Are you giving honor to yourself and to the efforts of others within your life? Do you show gratitude for what you already have? The quickest way to stop the flow of abundance is by failing to honor that which has already come to you. Oh, I got chills. Whoa. I love that. Yeah. Rate, review, subscribe. Visit our Etsy store, highdeserttarot.etsy.com. Follow us on Instagram, the High Desert Tarot. Also, if you um, feel so compelled, you want to get a reading done, send us an email, thehighdeserttarot at gmail.com. Or if you want to tell us about your relationship with the strength card, maybe we could share it on the podcast sometime. I'd love to hear about it. You got this. Until next time. Thanks, friends. Love Thanks ya. so much. Love ya.